0: We're going to see one of the Fast and the Furious movies. is like, and uh, I'm sitting there. and walks in, like these women, right? And she goes, "Oh my god, it's Vin Diesel!" and faints. <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was Vin Diesel. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> what? Hello, my friends.
1: Thank you for joining us for the PEBCAC Podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 45 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie, and thankful that we got an extra hour of sleep this weekend. Happy November, everyone, and happy anniversary to you. Statistically, three of the most popular wedding dates are in October, and this past October 22nd, 90,000 people got married here in the U.S. as the most popular wedding day in the most popular month. With me, I have my co host, the Cloud God, who did not get an extra hour of sleep this weekend because his state doesn't believe in
0: daylight savings time. Well, you can't gain one if you never lost one, Chris. And uh, fun fact the best part of daylight savings time, according to Glenn, is that he gets an extra hour to eat. Is that true? sleep. Did
1: I say that? <laughs> I do no,
0: not no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I like eating. It so.
2: sucks
1: and we have glenn medina who desperately needs a haircut
2: so i'm going to go out to my listeners on this one i've been on my covid no haircut second phase this is the second time i'm doing this i'm doing this up. i think it's been like close to seven or eight months since i've gotten a haircut and the first time i did it i did it exactly for one year this is the second time i plan to do this for two years. But I'm going to go out to my to the listeners on this one. Should I get a haircut? My wife says if I don't get a haircut, she's going to leave me out of the family pictures. So, what do you guys think? Should I or shouldn't I?
1: The Christmas card is going to make it look like you guys got divorced this year if you're out of the family
0: photos. (laughs) The back of the card will say "Paid for by Glenn Medina."
2: (laughs) (laughs) I really don't want to get a haircut though, because I'm on like like I said, I'm on like eight months here, seven, eight months. It's
0: not a bad look. I'll give you that. No, yeah, it's, well,
2: it's a terrible look but I'm not going for looks I'm going for length
0: will she accept
1: like a wig or a bald cap for the photo so you can keep the hair but satisfy the requirement
2: nah she wants it like shave Buzz short and I'm like no, nah, that's not gonna happen so
0: just tell her that right. you're, she's not your mom I'm sure it'll go over well
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll just tell you go for the Brian Deach haircut
2: there you go I'll go the other way and just shave my head and see how she likes that.
0: Like I misunderstood the assignment, hun. <laughs> Look what you made me do. Look
1: what you made me do. Well, no guests this week. Combined, we have decades of information security experience out here, not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today, we're going to start with some closing-the-loop news. We have a few items to talk about, open with any funny wedding stories we might have. For our first story, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission hands down an unusual punishment for a CEO who dropped the ball during a data breach. Next, we have a cryptocurrency platform compensating its users after their accounts got drained. For our third story, we'll talk about the weird trend we're seeing for console games and close with celebrity deaths that most saddened us. Closing the loop this week, as a follow-up to our story about the Fast Company getting hacked and sending offensive push notifications, the newspaper, the New York Post, allegedly got hacked and posted some very offensive headlines calling for the assassination of some U.S. government officials. Turns out it was an insider that did it, and there were not sufficient internal controls to prevent a Disgruntled employee from posting that offensive content.
0: That's so what they get for running WordPress.
2: Did that go to print, or that was that just digital media?
1: It was their their web page and Twitter. So this disgruntled employee got access to
0: both. Oh, I didn't know the the Twitter. I think I sent you the Facebook, or not the Facebook, but their. I know I saw it on Twitter the headlines that were up there, and that yeah, they were definitely definitely very offensive to a large. Portion of our population, for sure.
2: So that person's still employed, right? Probably promoted as well.
0: Reward our Promote the customer. Yeah. <laughs> More like it.
1: Uh, LinkedIn launches new features to combat fake profiles. So very timely about our story about LinkedIn purging all these fake profiles. There's a setting you can look for to see if a profile has a verified email address and phone number, but the number of clicks it takes to get there is Excessive. LinkedIn really just needs to publish the account creation date on the front page. And that would just fix everything.
2: So question about that. You you would think if I tell you that I work for Apple or Microsoft or one of the bigs that the way to validate that I work there is with a corporate email, right? I mean, that's gotta be that simple. Why why do people, I mean, like I can still register with my Gmail account and not necessarily my current work email.
1: Yeah. I think that's, Mainly, so people don't lose access to it after they leave a company, because like Blind is like that. They do require the corporate email, but if you ever lose access to that corporate email, then you'll lose access to the account. But you could set a uh,
2: secondary email in LinkedIn as well as backup. Like, so I've got my Gmail account as backup to my corporate email.
1: Yes, yeah. So you you could do that as as backup, but as your your primary. Some people don't even have jobs; they're just job seekers or they they're self-employed and they don't have their own domain so there's that having that it's sort of like a blue check on twitter where if you verify your work email you should have some enhanced capability or some kind of of mark that says you've verified yourself that's what they did but they just made it really really hard to find like i bet if the three of us go on there right now it'd take us
0: 10 minutes to figure out where the setting is how long until you think they just say, screw that noise, we're just going to copy Elon? Because supposedly, he's going to make it to where you, everybody can get a blue check mark, but I think it's going to come at the cost of like $20 a month. Yeah,
1: yeah, they got to make people pay for their blue checks. He's going to
2: commoditize it. Go, Elon, look at that.
0: I think other other places will pick up on that. I can see maybe, uh, yeah, probably Instagram, same thing. Meta, with, yeah. Yeah, Meta, yeah. The whole gamut, yeah they're they're desperately bleeding money because everybody wants to feel important, but the same it's like a twofer, right? Because then you just you get your your actual customers or to actually spend money, and then you you know weed out all the uh, the riffraff because they don't want to spend money to start fishing and. Posting dumb yeah, things.
1: these fake accounts. Yeah, these bot accounts and these fake accounts or these cloned accounts. Like, no one's going to spend 20 bucks a month on a joke clone ac- cloned account. Yeah. Going back to BYOVD attacks or bring your own vulnerable driver, Microsoft finally removed their heads out of their rears and updated the vulnerable driver block list after three years of no updates.
0: So what driver did they update? Or what did they remove?
1: They... It was some kind of sync issue. They said they were updating the list on their end. They just never pushed the list to the clients. So they just, they they fixed the problem. They just told the clients to check in and update their list every so often. That's that's all they had to do.
0: I'm just stoked that Microsoft is listening to the podcast, you know. It's about time people start taking us serious. You're welcome, guys (laughs) and gals (laughs) out there. Food
1: maker Mondelez and their insurer finally reached a settlement last week for the $100 million claim in the wake of the NotPetya attack. So just as a reminder to our listeners, NotPetya happened in 2017. So that's been five years of litigation. Mondelez had property insurance, but not explicit cybersecurity insurance. But after the attack, they had to hose 1,700 servers and 24,000 laptops. After the world's most destructive worm got into their network, their insurer cl- insurer claimed they were exempt from paying because not petia was an act of war from Russia towards Ukraine. Five years later, they reached a confidential settlement agreement.
0: What do you think that that number actually is? I mean, we'll never know, but I'm curious what you guys think that would be valued at. I bet they met in the middle.
1: I call it somewhere between three and six hundred million. Uh, like, actually, 100, 100 million. I'd say somewhere between <laughs> 30 and 60 million. No way. Probably.
2: Obviously. That's crazy. Did they pay that?
1: Well, we don't the know. The insurer but... will pay it. Yeah. Yeah. Because their insurer got a lot of bad press saying they're trying to wheeze a lot of paying. This is a legitimate attack. They have a legitimate claim. So they were getting a lot of bad PR, and Mondelez just wanted, to, wanted this to end and get their money.
0: I wonder if they have cybersecurity insurance now. Oh, I bet they do. <laughs> you would think that would hurt their case, though, because, like, they're filing a, complaint, uh, a claim. Like, well, if you, knew, you, if you know better now, then, like, why are we paying you anything?
2: But then, sure, I yeah. mean, you've got to be able to not pay for, like, stupidity, right? Like, if you didn't patch, you didn't upgrade, you didn't do all that stuff, or didn't even take into account some level of minimum, minimum level of effort, then, yeah, you should. The insurance company shouldn't be able to be responsible for something like that.
1: So that's how the policies are written now. But five years ago when cyber insurance was the Wild West, and even this, this wasn't explicitly cyber insurance, this was property and insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like There's loopholes on both sides you could drive a truck through, and they both took advantage of that, and they yeah. came out in the middle. And they, they say the best kind of settlement is the one where nobody's happy. I bet nobody was happy about this other than the lawyers that made out like bandits.
0: Wait a second. We're anti-insurance, so I, I hope they really stuck it to the man. <laughs> Hopefully, it was $99 So, million. so we're pro-business then. Is that it, Brian? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Sorry. I forgot, forgot where my uh, alliances are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Glenn has an item, so go ahead, Glenn. So,
2: I think we remember we're talking about uh, gyms in general and some of the things that are out there. I, I think I mentioned that I use our leverage, Planet and Fitness, $10 a month. Great thing. Planet Fitness, if you're listening and you need us and, you know, we could use some sponsorship here. That'd be awesome. But there's a term uh, called uh, lunking or don't be a lunk. And the whole idea with Planet Fitness is um, they they don't want any they call it gym intimidation. So those folks that uh, are um, making a lot of noise, dropping weights, um, that's called lunking to them. And they prefer that type of noise not be um, not be expressed inside the gym And uh, if you do happen to be a lunk, um, there's an alarm that goes off. Pretty cool. Like I said, I've never seen it go off in my gym, but definitely I've seen or heard on YouTube where it it has.
0: I wonder if they have a lunking alarm in the restroom, because sometimes I hear people giving birth in there, man. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) hope you're okay. Hey, what I
2: do in the restroom is none of your business, Brian. So...
1: (laughs) All right, for our opening topic related to my comment earlier about wedding season, do you guys have any funny or crazy wedding stories? Like, has anyone ever said, I object when they ask for objectors or anything
0: like that? No. I will object if Todd gets remarried, that's for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Todd, if you're listening, we've got your back, man.
0: <laughs> Nothing against the girl, just the principle. Anyways, but... uh. No, I don't I don't have anything funny, but maybe maybe if you share something, Chris, then let's be like, oh, yeah, I have a similar story. That's nowhere the same.
1: I don't have anything like hilarious. Uh, I guess there are two more unusual things that happened. So when my sister got married, there's somebody in our circle that recently went through a pretty bad divorce. And there was a definite fear that the ex-husband might come and look for them. So we did have to, have to hire private security at my sister's wedding for that reason.
2: Was the guy like a stalker type type guy?
1: Yes, he is. He is a, the stalker type and he definitely has some mental health issues that uh, I think have not been treated for many years. Or we feel have, have not been treated for many years, which is a dangerous combination. Uh, but thankfully, the wedding went off without a hitch. Uh, he did not show up and everybody was okay.
2: Yeah. I I always hear stories of people just going overboard and open bar and going crazy. And I've always found myself in a situation where I don't want to be that guy that everyone talks about for years to come. So I try to watch my my P's and Q's. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, now that you guys bring this stuff up, my (laughs) wife and I, we went to one wedding and, uh, you know, the whole thing was going down. And then towards the end of the night, we we kind of like cornered the bride, you know, like my wife's been friends with her for a very long time to celebrate her, and at this point in time, she's just like obliterated. And she goes on to say that the whole wedding is a farce. She found out that uh, her not even husband, because she refused to sign the papers, was actually cheating on her. So they just went oh, wow. through like through the entire thing, uh, just this, you know, just because they already had everything lined up and didn't want to waste some money. I have no idea why she actually did it, and I was just like, ah, yeah, that's that's cool. Can I get my money back? Like you know, I know, you know what's
1: the edit. What's the etiquette on returning <laughs> presents at that point? Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be,
2: you're supposed to have the, I think I think the etiquette is everything's supposed to be returned back, especially on within the first year if the, yeah. the marriage doesn't happen or it doesn't, uh, doesn't work out. I, I do have one for you. So a friend of a friend, uh, from my understanding, he went and married, um, was a, uh, he was an American citizen here in the U.S. He went back to the Philippines, was kind of a prearranged marriage of families of sorts, um, got married over there and came to the U.S. and uh, never consummated his his uh, his his wedding. Um, the girl came here to the U.S. and uh, and uh, wanted a divorce like within a month's time. So she ended up going back to the Philippines. Um, was in the middle of filing a divorce. The guy, the friend of the friend, was so distraught he had a heart attack and died. Ooh, and then. Wow. Um, through the fact that the f- divorce was not final, she inherited everything. <laughs> oh so, gosh. yeah, that what is a, a twist. A, that is a that is a very big twist. So, yeah, weird.
1: Did they do an autopsy? Like, are they sure this heart attack occurred <laughs> under natural causes? Well,
2: she was in the Philippines when it happened. He, I think he, he had a heart attack of like. Just loneliness or just concern for the fact that his wife did not consummate with him.
1: Just so. because she wasn't there does not prove there wasn't a
0: conspiracy, Glenn. Fentanyl everywhere. And on that no yeah. <laughs> I, I love data in stuff, you know, and how it can be presented. Forty one percent of all marriages, at least the first, you know, your first marriages, they end in divorce. But on the flip side, that means fifty nine percent of marriages end in death. So, it really depends on how you look at this. Glass half
1: empty. There yeah,
2: there
1: you go. I heard that that stat's a little bit tricky though because like the, I think the stat out there is, you know, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Like I think everybody has heard that. Well, the or trick separation. is separation, yeah. Or separation. There are people out there that have multiple divorces like I used to work with a guy that went through three divorces and there was three guys on my team that were happily married so I'm like this one guy cancels out our three happy marriages so when you take into account the total number of marriages versus the number of people that get divorced I think the number is actually probably a lot lower
2: I'll
1: be honest with you guys
2: if I I got a divorce at this point in my life I don't see any reason why I would get married again so I, I like I think once is enough for me I don't know how you guys feel about that. As
0: happily married men, we have no comment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, this this haircut situation might result in a divorce. We
0: never know.
2: Hey, that's what I'll tell my wife. I said, if you want to get a divorce over a haircut, that's what we'll go to the judge with. Right?
0: <laughs> Maybe you can get it in a hurry
2: annulled after 30 years (laughs) because that's what this is all about we're going to hawaii to spend our 30th year anniversary over a haircut and she won't let me be in the family picture because i won't get a haircut this is awesome so
0: we should be celebrating with you but you don't want to have us come with you Uh, you can come no one's preventing you
2: guys from going to hawaii so noted all right
1: all right. For our first topic, this topic was super interesting to me when I heard about it because it involves two of my favorite topics, cybersecurity and alcoholic beverages. Brian, I remember when you said on a previous podcast that you worked for a company that racked up so many fines that their reaction was, you know, sure thing, cash or credit, because paying the fines was cheaper than fixing the problem. True story. Well, and it well, in an attempt to finally hold a chief executive accountable for poor or egregious cybersecurity practices, the CEO of Drizzly, James Corey Rellis, got some interesting punishments placed on, upon him in response to a massive data breach that occurred under his watch. Drizzly is an alcohol delivery company that eventually got acquired by Uber for $1.1 billion. They suffered a data breach that exposed the personal details of $2.5 million customers. The US Federal Trade Commission alleges that the CEO was notified of security vulnerabilities 2 years before the data breach and did not do enough to protect customer data. The proposed settlement order would require Relus to implement an information security program at future companies where he's a CEO, a majority owner, or a senior officer with information security responsibilities, provided the company collects customer information and has more than 25,000 people. I like this a lot because Relles cannot just wash his hands of this incident and move on to the next CEO gig. It will finally make egregious cybersecurity practices a crime for which individual executives will be punished if they not only continue with bad security practices. Is this the bite we finally need to change company behavior?
0: I don't know if it is, but I think there's about a, a million CISOs that are like, Woo! finally the heat's off of just me. Like the only person in a job anymore.
2: That's a poison pill, right? You can't, you can you're gonna have to eat, drink it, eat it, swallow it, and take it with you wherever you go now. So, yeah, uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, this guy's I don't know if you would say toxic, but he's it, this punishment is gonna follow him no matter where he goes because there's always these CEOs that that something bad happens they wash their hands and go on to the next company and act like nothing ever happened but now any company he moves on to he's going to have to implement a strict cybersecurity program which which is good i think that's a good move but
2: what does that mean check check i did it do i have a dlp program check do i have security check but the problem is it's like with some third party software company that has no idea what the heck they're doing anyway, from a product standpoint, it's the cheapest thing on the market. I'm going to put squid proxies in. That's a check, right? That's practice.
1: So.
0: Hey, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough for government work. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. I, uh, I do wonder though, the, the rules, right? I think, I think there, there might be a little bit of a, a gray area. And, uh, is it the Federal Trace Commission or Federal Trade Commission? Trade. I okay. I saw that
1: typo here. I had the red underline, but then my Grammarly plugin crashed, so I didn't. Oh. I couldn't change it on
0: the fly. Uh, you do have to wonder anytime like the U.S. government's, you know, chiming in, someone must be getting paid. So I'm wondering uh, who's going to start orchestrating these rules and regulations, and more importantly, can I make sure that the company I work for can benefit from it? Question mark.
1: The devil will be in the details of what exactly is a strict cybersecurity program. Is it MFA? Is it basic DNS protections? Is it, yeah, is it, you know, no more VPNs? Must follow yeah. n-
2: must
0: follow NIST compliance <laughs> Based yeah.
2: across the wall, wow. across the board.
0: You yeah, man. It's like no more VPNs. You have to do SSL inspection. And, hey, a modern browser, secure enterprise browser would be pretty cool. But phew. Checking all the boxes, baby. I love
1: it. <laughs> we need we need to hire lobbyists. I think that's that's the takeaway from this. We need more lobbyists in Washington.
2: Maybe put that in the book. Other options besides being a sales engineer, being a lobbyist, a lobbyist cybersecurity yeah. lobbyist. There you
1: go. All right. For our second topic, this will be our cryptocurrency story of the week. Another day, another multi-million dollar cryptocurrency theft users of the popular trading platform and exchange FTX were socially engineered into giving up their API keys, which allowed an attacker to steal over $6 million worth of cryptocurrency before the hack was discovered and the API keys were rotated. FTX was not the only trading platform affected, but FTX is unique in compensating its users for the lost funds. To be clear, this had nothing to do with FTX, and they did everything right, but their users were tricked into revealing their API keys, which allowed attackers to drain their accounts. I think FTX is trying to buy some goodwill considering the crypto winter we are in and severe drop in interest in trading in cryptocurrency. The CEO of FTX says this, is, this bailout is a one-time event and not to expect additional compensation in the future for these types of thefts. One major drawback, and to an extent, a feature of cryptocurrency is that there's no central authority to block or claw back fraudulent transactions. Credit cards and PayPal's have chargeback scams, but crypto is a one-way transaction.
0: You have to wonder, like, if they're willing to do it for $6 million, right, for some goodwill, had this been $600 million, do you think they would have been in the same boat? Like, hey, we'll take care of it this time, guys. You know, things happen.
1: Probably not six hundred million. I think the relatively low sum in the grand scheme of things probably played a part in it. That's like one Matt Damon commercial or something—six million bucks. Is Matt Damon
0: a a spokesperson for FTX? I don't know.
1: He is for crypto.com. FTX does have a celebrity. I don't recall who. Yeah, but that's probably
2: that's all marketing, right? I mean, six million is a drop in a bucket. Six hundred million is a big, big difference.
0: True. And why is there a crypto winner going on? Like, I understand. No, I don't understand. I don't understand, guys. Actually, like, I understand, like, the stock market's plunging, inflation's all time high. I thought the whole purpose of crypto was to, like, get away from all that nonsense. And it seems, like, just as volatile as everything else. Hedge inflation. Yeah. I think the
1: takeaway is people are treating cryptocurrency like a tech stock. It's down 50 to 70%, just like all the tech stocks are. And it's not. This inflation safe haven, as a lot of people thought it might be. Everyone's buying gold now. Hey, you would think it'd be have you,
2: you would have thought they'd have the opposite effect, right? Like everything else is down, but crypto is still strong because it's not, uh, not something that's that's relevant to what's going on in the market. It's, it's, it's going to stay solid.
0: Yeah. I, I guess we should have seen it coming, right? Like if they're going to be these high peaks, then there's going to be some low lows with it as well. I guess they just would expect to be a little bit more stable, but maybe not. Stable coin, brought to you by Pepcac.
1: There you go. There's a funny meme I saw that said they compared the British pound to Bitcoin, and they said comparing the two for the last six months, Bitcoin's actually been way more stable than the British pound. Because like, <laughs> there's all the criticism like, well, Bitcoin's too volatile. Don't invest in it. Well, yeah, the British pound has also been <laughs> extremely volatile over the last few months.
2: What hasn't been volatile? Everything's been volatile in the market, right? Other than gold and silver.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so FTX's spokespeople, Larry David of Seinfeld fame and Curb Your Enthusiasm and Steph Curry, the basketball player. So those are their two celebrity spokespeople that I was able to find. Oh, I think Tom Brady
0: is as well.
2: Well, half of it now, it's Giselle's.
1: So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he's, he's half of their <laughs> spokesperson. Interesting demographic they're they're going for. Old white men and athletes. All right. Pretty much. Well, it's good that
1: FTX is compensating people, though, because I think they'll build some brand loyalty. Oh, yeah. People that got hosed in this and they said, well, FTX, they made people whole. There is other platforms, was it Kraken. There's one platform that got wiped and then they made everybody, they had a shared loss model. Everybody got a 30% haircut. Whether or not you were affected in the hack or not, everybody took a 30% haircut. And they said, if the funds are ever recovered, we'll. We'll give you back what we can. And then that exchange closed to U.S. residents. So those U.S. residents had to sell their losses at a gigantic loss. And then they eventually did get partially made hold. But people in the U.S. couldn't take advantage of it because they don't don't allow you to use that platform here anymore.
0: Well, you know what? The devil's in the details, right? Like, what if there was only two people that actually got scammed in this entire thing? And it was the CEO's parents. Like, we're yeah, all around good guy. We're going to make everyone whole. And then meanwhile, I was just taking care <laughs> of family. But right. I, I am curious. How how was it actually discovered that people were hemorrhaging accounts and users just start complaining, like, hey, where all my money go?
1: Pretty much. I think there were users complaining about these unauthorized trades, I mean, the UATs. And, and then they, I think they figured it out that all these... Unauthorized trades are coming via API. So they said, "Well, these users must have leaked their API key. Let's rotate all these API keys for security purposes." And I think after that, they did the investigation, and found, out, "Yep, these people were fished."
0: Idiots. Just kidding.
1: Yeah, so I got to be really, really careful with with uh, crypto.
2: So even if your your crypto was in offline storage for, with FTX, is that a thing? Would that have been possible to? It's offline, it's offline. It's offline. Yeah, if
1: it's offline, it's not an FTX. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so anything exactly. that you store in FTX. So yeah. So that's the other story here. Glenn is is correct that if you want to make sure it's secure, put it in an offline hardware wallet or an offline QR code.
0: Do not keep it in FTX. It can and will get stolen. Yeah. So so fun fact, we had all kind of decided to buy a bunch of crap coin late last year. And then Chris sends the note out to everybody. Like, he's like, "Oh, he's like, look at Doge, it's mooning right now." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." And I log in. I'm like, "I'm still down four hundred ninety seven dollars." Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's skyrocketing, guys. <laughs> oh, not really. It, is. <laughs>
1: it, it has to. I'm betting it has to do something with Elon's Twitter deal because Doge was sitting at $0. six cents for a long, long time after the crypto winners sitting between like maybe $0. six and $0. eight cents, and it shot up to like $0. fifteen, $0. sixteen cents. So a hundred percent in a week. That is skyrocketing and mooning you just happened to buy in at the wrong time that's
0: not my fault hey and i'm okay with it don't 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 spend money you're not comfortable losing right that's right exactly sound investment advice but just next time let me know like when it's actually mooning and we're we can retire and not this nonsense of like hey look you still lost money brian good job that's why i buy liquor Uh because liquor at least can drink so
1: (laughs) has utility yeah I'm just saying, if you put your life savings into Doge at $0.06 cents and you cash out at $0.15, cents, you might have been able to retire.
0: Mm, my life savings is only 750 bucks, though.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Buy low, sell high. <laughs> for our third topic, we haven't had a good gaming story in a bit, so the brand-new Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 game dropped on Friday. I used to be one of those guys that lined up at GameStop for the midnight drop, and at home, I was stocked with Mountain Dew, Doritos, double XP codes. And I would rush to see how
0: fast I could max out my character. Hey, you know what else dropped? What else? Kyler Murray's QB rating. That dude is trash. Once again, proving <laughs> that video games. I, I, I don't didn't know I did see that you meme that said, you know, Kyler Murray is MIA because the new Call of Duty dropped. Oh, I don't think it was a lie. Like, it was terrible. Anyways, uh, you were talking about. Crazy things, Mountain Dew, Doritos, Double. Did toxins. you
1: guys? Did you guys ever camp out for a game or a, a movie? No, never. <laughs> never, never really. Yeah, there's nothing Not like out a new there. Star Wars movie or if the Hell, line Star, oh, Star Duty... Wars
2: no. if a line to a restaurant is longer than 15 minutes, I'm going
0: someplace else. You know, Chipotle's good to go, guys. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm like that now. I I lined up for the Phantom Menace when that came out. The, I would I'm not going to give away my age, but there were a, a bunch of people in our in our friends group that wanted to see it opening day, so I lined up. I can't remember how many hours I waited in line to get the the tickets for that. So I did that. I I lined up when Starcraft two dropped, when some of the World of Warcraft expansions dropped, and Call of Duty. Do Do
2: you go out for like uh, Black Friday sales as well? Do you stand in line?
1: Again, that was another thing I used to before I was married. <laughs> I did. We had another friends group that would camp out on on Black Friday to get uh, cheap laptops and things like that. And then at some point, it's like, well, this isn't worth it to save a hundred bucks on a laptop to camp out in the freezing cold. But at, sometimes you can make a thing out of it. Like we had, I had a friend group that had like their own tents. They had like camping lanterns. Like it was a whole
0: setup. So it wasn't wasn't too bad. So just, yeah, there there was a couple of movies that had very long lines. I remember Austin Powers being one of them. And then the the other one that sticks out for some reason, probably because I almost got murdered, uh, was The Sixth Sense. So I had found out by watching the movie that Bruce Willis was a ghost. And so we <laughs> went to the movie theater in the long oh, line. I was just I mentioning, see where this is going. Yeah, I was just telling everybody, like, basically that Bruce Willis is a ghost, right? And, like, these people are just so upset. And then went to go watch the movie a second time, and I'm sitting in the front row, and I just shout out that Bruce Willis is a ghost before the thing even started, and like people were livid.
1: So. <laughs> I remember seeing articles like that for the the new Star Wars Episode Seven when that came out because there's a giant spoiler at the end of of Episode Seven, and there's a guy that walked out of the movie theater to the people waiting to go in and
0: and blurted out the spoiler, and he he got a butt kicking. He got he got a whooping. Oh, jeez. Um, you know, so, you know, you, like, walk into a theater, you're, like, looking at the screen and the, the walls behind you, and, like, just as you turn the corner is, like, where everyone can kind of see you because you're coming down that hallway. You understand that, right? Yeah. So, one of my favorite things to do to this day is whoever I'm with, I stop, and just as they turn the corner, I'll shout out something very, very obscene, like, I'm adopted, and then, like, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, random <laughs> things, and you throw in a different adjective into whatever you guys want, and it always... Ends up being very funny to me and not so much funny to my wife. <laughs> Your <a> poor wife. <laughs> Anyways, back
1: on topic. Yes. Well, the new Call of Duty game, the physical disc that you get, and you pop into the console. It's a 72 megabyte downloader. So much to the surprise of gamers everywhere, when you pop the disc into the console, it prompts you to download the. Wait for it. 150 gigabytes worth of data. So if you're on a satellite or a slow internet link or maybe a metered connection or you have data caps, you could easily blow through that that data cap and upset a lot of people that are on a slow internet link. So I do remember on launch night, you would have to download a patch, but most of the time it, the game's already on the disc and the patch is maybe 50 to a few hundred megabytes. But you buy the disc... And they still make you download the 150 gigabyte game. So, I mean, I have one
0: question for Activision: Why? I'm with you on that. Like, so, number one, how, how much data can you go on, on a yeah. disc?
2: Six fifty, right? Megabytes. If it's a DVD, then it's no, like, like one a, gig.
1: a Blu-ray. A Blu-ray will hold over 60 gigabytes of data. Right. I don't know the exact number. I'm, I'm talking
2: right. about tr- your traditional DVD, right? Not okay blu-ray. so cd-rom is
1: 650 megabytes yeah. dvd is 4.7 or 4.3 gigabytes but blu-ray which all modern consoles should be able to read blu-rays yeah. it's over 60
0: gigabytes so that's why just, yeah the game is number one that's bloatware number two jesus man like you you would think that distributing the game on 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 a physical disc has got to be like can you imagine trying to like if this is a popular game, right? And you have like I don't know, hundred thousand people trying to download it all at the same time. You can have a whole bunch of pissed off people. Forget that you're on Starlink. It's just there's a bunch of slow. pissed
2: off people already because it's slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound like they solve that, right? So,
1: and I'm not a gamer by any stretch. So, they rent extra servers from AWS or Akamai. Somebody, somebody's getting paid for all that bandwidth.
0: Hundred fifty gigs per copy Dang. sold. So the real question is, why is the downloader 72 megabytes? Because, like, I guarantee, like, W gets, like, three megs, and then you can throw, like, a little Modern Warfare, like, logo up there for, you know, maybe a couple of them for 1.2 megs. Like, where's the rest at? Why like, not just the load at? the
2: whole disc, though? I don't understand why not just load the whole disc with the rest of it just being empty.
1: Well, and that, that's sort of my point. That So I know a Blu-ray i'll have to look it up at what the exact number is but let's say a blu-ray can at least hold 40 gigs of data why not put 40 gigs of game data on the disc and then download the remaining 100 like yeah. at or least give somebody make it playable
0: multiple discs just like yeah. we used to do with like our office <laughs> installs on floppy remember like there's like 32 of yeah. them.
2: i i had one of our first uh, police quest games that was on those 3.5 inch discs do you guys remember those? Yeah, like, old. floppy. I had like ten, I had ten discs that I had to swap in and out every time. If I went to, uh, across the screen and I went to another street that that crossed the screen, then I had to load the new disc in for the new for the new visuals. That's how old I am. <laughs> Great user experience. <laughs>
1: And even then, i have a I have a pretty decent connection here, but I'm thinking of people in rural areas. I mean, even 150 gigs—that's just crazy amounts of data that you have to download even before you get to play. Yeah, well, but you can't even play like single player mode or anything. What's
2: amazing though is like you know, the U.S. probably is the one that it, that enjoys the fact that we really don't pay per gigabit. Well, we do now, but like in in Europe and everywhere else, they pay uh, like high amounts of money for for that bandwidth that they consume, right? So yeah, they're
1: definitely not targeting the developing world. That's for sure. Some yeah. people are on like LTE connections. So they don't even have a home internet. They just yeah. use tether to their phone. Yeah. Not, not a good business practice. And I, I have not bought the game. Maybe I will at some point, but 150 gigs, not looking
0: forward to that. At some point you can only have like 10 games on your console, right? <laughs> like Yeah. Like
1: the base Xbox. Now is 500 gigs, so 150 out of 500. That that's our, and then you know the OS takes some space. You're already like half, ran out of half your space, and you only have one game on the thing. Wow,
0: that's good. Some good math. Good job, yeah. Chris.
2: Do you, do you guys have consoles? I haven't. I, I mean, I haven't bought a console in over ten years. So,
0: well, Deach has kids, so he probably does. Yeah, we got a couple. Xbox 360 or... No, probably Xbox One. What's the newest one? Xbox S1X. There's the S and then there's the X. Yeah, yeah. something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I, have yeah.
1: I have an Xbox One. Yeah. telling you how the last time I gamed.
2: Yeah, I have an old Xbox, so... It's been a while.
1: LAN party, everyone. That's, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, for our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week, this week, we're going to talk about what celebrity death made you the
0: saddest. I pr- have two, and I can start. Well, probably LeBron James, the, all of the Kardashians. <laughs> oh, do you say they made us the saddest or the ones I'm hoping that die?
2: <laughs>
0: oh, okay. My bad. I think I got that wrong. Anyways, Chris, let me think about this. I'll come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. The yes. one that...
1: The one that stuck out the most for me is Grant Imahara, the guy from MythBusters. Oh yeah, he just seemed like a genuine good guy. He died of a brain aneurysm when he was only 49 years old. I watched him a lot on MythBusters, and growing up, I think the world was a better place with him in it. He promoted engineering, robotics, and inspired a generation of people. And he was just always happy. And then you know, after after he passed, and I read stories like firsthand accounts of people that worked with him and met him, they. They echo that. They said he was just a really good guy. Always fun to be around. Always happy. And the world is definitely a
0: worse off place now that he's no longer here. Yeah, he did. He He looked like he
2: was in his 30s or even 20s. Yeah,
1: So it's Asian genes. That's right. I guess so. The second one would be Paul Walker, the actor Paul Walker from the Fast and Furious franchise. I remember exactly where I was when I got the news. We were celebrating Thanksgiving at our relative's house, and that definitely put a damper on the evening. Another case of what seemed like a genuinely good guy that left us too soon. The documentary that they made about him made him out that he was a really nice guy, and we got to learn what kind of person he was when he wasn't
0: making movies. What's stronger than family? The tree Paul Walker hit. Yeah, so I don't feel bad. I mean, I'm sure he was a good guy, but, you know, he was doing dumb things. Yeah. It happens. Uh, he,
1: he died doing what he loved. I think that's that was a silver lining. <laughs> well, but was one. he
2: the driver or was he a passenger in that event? I think he was the passenger, right?
1: I don't remember. He I was th- the driver. I think he was the driver. Was he? He had a passenger with him,
0: but I think he was driving. Okay. If only we can Google it. So anyways, <laughs> what, get some runner ups there, Chris. I do, but I'll let you or Glenn go first. All right. So one of your runner ups is, is Robin Williams. And I, I would say that when I first read this article, he was like my, my number one guy. Um, Not that I really worship any celebrities at all, but you just think of somebody like Kim that just brings like so much joy and, and fun in life to you know, kind of go. It seems to me like it was a suicide. Albeit, you know, questionable circumstances. So he got me pretty, pretty good. And then Junior Seau from the New England Patriots, the guy that shot himself in the chest. Because he thought, the you know, the whole like CTE thing. That, yeah, w- that was rough. Said, yeah. Yeah. Just because like, you know, you, like, you just know something's wrong, but no one will listen to you. Like that's that's just terrifying. So I guess anytime it's like a suicide, that this kind of bums me out. And probably the one that that really jacked with me was uh, I used to watch a lot of WWF, which is WWE now, and Chris Benoit. I used to love watching that dude; I thought he was pretty cool. And yeah, then, yeah, that was really tragic. Yeah, it was until like you know, like I did, I did, I did like this whole tribute, and then a couple of days later, you find out that it wasn't just like a suicide; it was a double murder, he killed his wife and his kid. I'm like, dude, what That's is crazy. going on? Yeah, yeah. So when you hear stuff like that, like, is this? You know, was that, a, you that was that associated
2: people. to the, like the ro- the uh, his steroid use? Like uh was it Bret Hart or Bret Hart or was that the macho man was just Randy Savage? Yeah, because yeah. he committed suicide as well, right? I think he did.
1: I, I, I think, think Chris Benoit was related to it was it was something. It might have been the steroids like Roy Rage or, yeah. or something. There was there's something definitely some ghost he was dealing with, either from head injuries or the steroids.
0: Yeah, this is wild. So if you're listening yeah. and you feel like you're at the end of your rope, you call me. I'll talk to you for freaking weeks. Whatever it takes, to keep you on this earth. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I'll be honest, I I, I, I may sound cold. I just I I don't look at, you know, stars or actors as something that I idolize. I don't I mean I, I, I like the fact I like watching their what the, their products are, but you know, things that affected me probably more than anything was like nine eleven when the towers came down. That that affected me really bad. Um, but that's yeah. you know all those people dying, uh, um, perishing inside the, those two buildings, and then the 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 results of the fire. You know, the fire the firemen and the 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 police going up in there and and trying to save all those people. That's to me that was like that's heroic, right? Not being able to put yeah, names absolutely. and faces to that. So. Um, but yeah, like Robin Williams, uh, uh, yeah, great guy, stand-up guy. He did a lot of the USO events out there. Um, never saw him in person, but like I said, solid, solid stand-up guy, Brian. So
1: there was a, there's a story about sort of related to nine that there used to be, a, there was a TV show called murder in, in small town X. And it was a mini TV miniseries in 2001. It was like a reality show at the time. And then the guy who won it was an nyfd firefighter and then he was there on 9-11 oh wow he was where on the show or in he yeah he he won the show and then he was there on 9-11 and i'm, I'm looking it up in real time now i can't remember if he died in 9-11 or not but he was mm. definitely there oh yeah. he did die yeah yeah so the the guy was an nyfd firefighter he won the show and I remember watching the show and in, in his, his bottom third said he was a firefighter in New York and then it was something crazy like a week after the finale aired and a show that he won, like he won the grand prize um, he, he was a first responder in the World Trade Center and he actually died in the World Trade Center attacks like a week after the show aired which was crazy
2: it, it, what's even crazier is like if you look at the time spent there are kids, you know my youngest daughter doesn't know what really happened towards on 9-11 right wasn't born wasn't wasn't affected by that yet so that was kind of that's kind of to me that's kind of crazy that uh, that, that history is kind of forgotten
0: yeah i was running a little it shop and i remember i was i actually had a phone that had an fm transistor in it so i could actually sit there and listen to the radio even though i wasn't supposed to and i was listening to stern when it happened and then all of a sudden like the internet broke like the internet was kind of new But the internet broke. Like literally everybody was going to, you know, news websites to figure out if, you know, if what happened actually happened. What happened, yeah. And I remember, I think Stern stayed on until at at least noon, like Arizona time. And I just remember being in like such a heightened state of emergency, like everywhere, like just driving down the road is like waiting for like the next big thing to happen and just freaked out. We're, we're, you know, how did you guys find out?
1: We're on the West Coast. So I was about to go to school and then I got a call from the school that said, Schools canceled today just because of what's happening in New York. I'm like, well, what's happening in New York? And then I, I think my dad was probably already watching TV at, at the time, and they were just watching things unfold. I think by the by the time West Coast time, I think it was the second it was the second tower had like just fallen.
2: Yeah, I was on, I had just gotten to work, was listening to the radio, and was kind of like, what's what's going on? And when I pulled into work, like a whole bunch of TVs were on, and you know, just walking through that, so. Just in shock. That was real shock.
0: Yeah, I don't know if uh, he he still Stern. I don't know if Stern still does this, but there was a number of years on on nine eleven he would play that episode all day long on yeah. uh, at least you know. on Sirius. I think I don't know if he did on regular radio, and it's, it's so eerie to listen to. Just the genuine yeah, like, fear of people like just calling in like and, events uh, unfolding in real time. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, going on from that summer moment. We continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week.
0: This week, Brian's up. I have two because it's Tuesday. Actually, it's Wednesday. But, well, anyways, we'll do two. Uh, I am sick and tired of these millennials running around like they rent the place. Get it? They don't own the place because they rent it. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, I told my wife that I bought four new guns. She asked me where I got them. I said from a T-Rex. He's my small arms dealer. Wow,
1: wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, wow.
0: There Little it T-Rex is.
1: arms. <laughs> Funny. All right, to wrap things up, the New York Post has to do better defending against insider threats. Drizzly CEO will have to practice good cyber hygiene wherever he goes next ftx is compensating their users for a phishing attack the call of duty disc is nothing more than a dummy downloader and too many people were gone too soon that's all we have for this week we hope you enjoyed this week's episode you can find us all on linkedin links will be in the description follow us on instagram at pebcac podcast thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who raised five stars in the itunes store and spotify and left us a review we appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show the best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For our co-hosts, Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louis. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day.
2: Thanks, for Toodles. Have a nice day.